So if you if you count Sphira from your Siduri, you can see that there's all these strange prayers afterwards, mysterious uh, incantations, Tehillim, letters, Anabakah, and praying for, for a certain Sfirot to be Mitakem. <clears throat> and uh, so what? What's this about? So we're not going to go like so deep into it, but let's start at the surface level. What do the Sfirot have to do with Sfirot Omer? Common denominator. Sfira. Sfira. Sfira here, Sfira there, okay. But, uh, but one has to do with counting she, sheaves of uh, wheat, of barley, sheaves of barley. And one has to do with these midot, elopiot, these divine qualities, traits, spirits, what have you. Mysteries. Um, and somehow it has to do with Shavuot, right? Somehow this is all about tying us from Pesach, Yitzhak, Mitzrayim, to our Sinai and Matan. Somehow, okay? So I'm not going to answer all these questions, but just touch on, on, on one kind of framework for, for relating to this time of year. In Bidiuk Bazeh, the connection with Shavuot, okay? The Orachayim brings this, and uh, I don't think he's the source for this, but he, he articulates it very beautifully. Um, it says in Torah, Usfartem Lachem, Mimrachat Shabbat, right? You, you should count for yourself. And, uh, it's a diuk in Chazal. Whenever it says lachem, it means it should really be yours. It should really belong to you. Sfartem lachem. The sphira has to be yours. So the Orachim says this isn't just talking about stocks of barley. Sfartem lachem. He says Sfartem has to do with the word sapir, sapphire, shining jewel. And not only that, but Svartem Lachem, Sapir, Chazal says that the Luchot Abrit, the tablets themselves, were not just made out of any stone, they were made out of sapphire. Shining, you never, you know, can you imagine if all the pictures on top of Naran Kodesh were this like translucent, shining blue? How cool that would be? The Orachim says that Svartem Lachem, since the deeper meaning of it is. How do you make the sphira yours? How do you make the sapphire yours? He says that we are meant through Sphira Omer to become the luchot, to become that the shining luchot on which Dvar Hashem can be etched. But he's, this is how he under, this is how he understands the how he, he frames the, the this process. So we can already in this framing. And but by the way, sapphire is also nice. Be the sapphire. Be the sapphire. Be the sapphire. Be the luchot. So already we can see in this framing the Orachim is saying that this process of tikkun amidot that we're engaged in in Sfirat Omer, because that's really what the, the, the Sfirot, it's about the, the midot, how they live in, within us, how these, these godly traits are, are embodied in each, each person. And the prayer we say at the end of Sfirat Omer is to be tikkun to this particular specific element of my personality that's reflective of the divine personality. So the process of refinement that Sriyata Omer is, uh, is meant to be is, is, is actually meant to prepare us to be the receivers of Bar Hashem and Shabbat on our Sinai. You hear that? Yeah, you hear that, the framework there, the framing? To the degree to which I can refine myself and 
bring out my own wholeness and, and all these qualities of, of myself and bring that to, to Shavuot, that's going to be the parchment, so to speak, that, that the Torah is going to be written, at least for me. You know, it's very in line with the things we've been learning the last few weeks. I remember last week we saw the Rebbe uh, in his on, uh, on Matan Torah. He said that, that the whole nation were transformed into the Otiot. Right? They were the, the divine speech. That the, the voice of God was seen through the people gathered there together because they had reached such a point of, of closeness. So, so all of a sudden it it changes the idea of Matan Torah being something like, okay, there's a Torah out there somewhere, and I'm going to come close, also close to just kind of hear it and, and, and walk away with this. There's me, and there's this other thing called Torah that I get to, to read and, and, and understand and interact with. That's true. But on a deeper level, the Torah is being given to and even through each individual. And this is this can be understood as simply as the fact that however I understand Torah is going to be a completely unique experience and encounter with, with Barashem. Yeah, that's like on a simple level, I think it's just true that the Torah is actually in that sense received and refracted through each person differently and individually. And and on a in, in a larger, a broader context, it, it also carries the meaning of I'm actually a carrier of in this moment. God's, God's Torah speaks through each one of us. That it, it still is that, that ongoing giving of Torah. As uh, the Pasuk says, Kol that the, the great voice at Harsinai never ended, never was extinguished. We're, con- we're continuing to receive that same voice. And it's coming through, through us, not only in terms of our intellect and what we know, what we don't know, but in terms of our way of being a an image of the divine in the, in the world. Okay, very lofty idea. Okay. Um, so that said, I wanna wanna bring this to to this week's um sphira, this week's midah is Midata Yasod. Yeah, Ram Midata Yasod. And Yusod means foundation. It means foundation. Yeah. And it's also related to the quality of tzaddik, of the tzaddikim. Why? So, I don't know the, the answer why, just because that, that is what it is, but in all the svarim of Yisod and Sadiq are, are related. We can we're, we're, we'll try to understand that. But but on a simple, I'll give you some simple bits of information to fill in the picture. There, um, there's a pasuk in, in Mishlei that's oftentimes quoted that says, "Sadiq Yisod Olam, Vit Sadiq Yisod Olam." Sadiq is so the pasuk actually begins that a, a, a wicked person is is swept away, blown away by a stormy wind, I believe, and Vit Sadiq Yisod Olam. But a tzaddik is, is the foundation of the of, of the world of the earth. Meaning, there's a contrast that Shlomo Melech is setting up by, of somebody who lives a life of wickedness that that they're, they're they can just be knocked over. That there's not something 
integral about their being. Whereas a tzaddik is not only strongly rooted, but is yesod olam. Is themselves, it's like as, as solid as the earth itself. You know, we think about tzaddik. It's like very, just such a popular word. But do you ever think, like, what does this word mean? What does it mean? Right, so it comes from the word tzaddik. A popular tzaddik, a tzaddik, a good person, a righteous person, a pious person, a holy person. That's not what the word tzaddik means. Right? If we just want to get literal for a moment, tzaddik has to do with tzaddik, with, with justice. Justice? A just person? So what does that mean exactly? <laughs> like, why is that the name we give to people who, you know, who we, we look up to? Just? What does it mean to be just? And, 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 and it might not even really be just. Like, Sadiq. Noah was... Noach ish tzaddik. Ah, so here's another, by the way, another wise tzaddik is Sarolam. Noach, the one person in the whole Torah who is called a tzaddik, the one person who God was willing to write down, this is a tzaddik, he was Yisod HaOlam. The entire universe was wiped out, and this one man called tzaddik was the one who was kept alive to regenerate all of humanity. Tzaddik, it, 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 it carries the, the meaning of just, but it, it also carries the meaning of in a sense, even a, a justifier, a tzaddik. There's, there's, there's some kind of some. There's some activity. It seems to be also um, embedded in that word, tzaddik, mishe matzdik, somebody who is justifying. It, it has an effect. Yeah, and you, that's already in the secret Kabbalah, so the tzaddik becomes the source of shefa, bracha, that, that there's, there's something generative that grows from this person. And you come back to Noach as our, as our model of tzaddik, Noach justified the continued existence of humanity. God looked at the world and said, I'm going to wipe out all these people, but there's one person who makes it worth it. He's a tzaddik. He's justifying this existence of, of human beings. So what does it mean to have people in the world who are justifiers? People who give legitimacy to being here. It is so basic, right? And what does Yisod mean? What does Yisod mean? Yisod means base. Tzadik is someone who is connected to the base of reality, to the just the, the, the most elemental ground of existence. This is what it means. Tzadik Yisod. Somebody who's connected the most core root purpose of being here. It sounds so simple. And it's, and it's so not simple to accomplish. Yeah. Huh? I don't see the simplicity in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, yeah. Everything that's around is detracting from it. Sure. It is it is a lifetime accomplishment to get to get to that basic elemental point. You know, Rabbi Nachman said about himself. Rabbi Nachman has this famous Torah. I'm sure you've heard about 
finding the good points in people, finding the good points in yourself. Yeah. Rabbi Nachman said about himself, he said, every step I take, I'm, I'm judging the whole world. I'm judging the whole world to the side of Kate. But, 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 but not only judging, I'm machria I'm, I'm pushing the whole world to the side of, of favor, of, fa- of divine favor. Meaning, what he's saying is that his entire existence and life on this earth was devoted towards justifying this whole thing. Towards, towards connecting into the, yes, it is worth it. Yes, it is worth it for every single person to be here. Every single person's existence and life and this whole creation and this society and this world that we're in, it's, it's worth it. It's legitimate. It's justified. You know, there's, there's, this, there's a pasuk um, in Daniel, the last chapter of Daniel, where it's talking about already the end of this, uh, you know, end of times vision. Daniel says, V'hamaskilim yazhiru Shizohar Harakia. In that time, the maskilim, the enlightened ones, will shine like the light of the heavens, of the sky. And the matzdike harabim, the ones who are, we'll get into the transition, matzdike, the, the many, will be shining like the stars in heaven. So a lot of the translations I saw, I was, see this have a translation here, they, they have a funny way, of, or a specific way of saying it. What do they call this? They who turn many to righteousness. So uh, I, can, I can hear the translation. Matzdike harabim would be to help a lot of other people become righteous. But, uh, but I think a more literal reading, matzdike harabim, the ones who are justifying everybody else. The ones who are finding, searching for that Point, that core, again, core ground of existence that each and every person, Mamash, belongs to. The Matzdike Harabi, those people who are, that's what they're doing. You know, there's, there's a Midrashim about God debating before creation, should I make people, should I not? The whole debate's in heaven, they're going to be wicked, they're going to be corrupt, they're going to be liars, they're going to fight with each other, go to war. So one of the Midrashim says that, that that God decided to create the world because because there were going to be people here who who made it worth it because there were going to be tzaddikim, maseim shal tzaddikim that uh, that God foresaw before creation said you know what the whole thing is going to be worth it for the people who get it get it right is a is a little too technical <laughs> but the whole thing is going to be worth it because there will be an element of humanity that. That's 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 matzdik. This whole project, it's making it justified. So, so this is all already. I'm talking a lot of on this level of this kind of like cosmic vision. These these holy righteous ones who who live in our generations and every generation who make make it worth it for the rest of us. But but I wanna wanna ask, ask something, which is. There's the when we think of the tzaddikim, <coughs> right? We think of okay, someone who has devoted their life tirelessly to good deeds, to, to holiness, to helping people, to what have you. But if if tzaddik is actually connected to yourself, if it is actually 
an embodiment of something that's elemental, that's foundational. Yeah. So it also means that every single person is connected to this nikkuv. That every single person, if if we're here, there's a there's a foundation for us being here. There's a there's there's a ground that we're standing on. You get into questions of like, do my actions line up with the purpose? Who who knows what? That's those are God's concerns. But I'm not going to try to deal with that or even figure that out. But but if 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 yesod is the point of tzaddik, that means that tzaddikut is not only about becoming something. This this lifetime achievement of accomplishment of I, I strove after some some lofty goal and I reached it. That might be part of the activity of it or the way that it's um, manifested. That it, that it emerges, but but it seems that at its root, it also has to do with connecting more deeply to my own root, my own source of existence, my own the own ground of my very being. You hear you hear what I'm saying? It's like we generally think tzaddik is like okay, somebody who like they went through the the Shaolin Temple, like the the greatest training of of becoming a perfect human being. And it's like, well, well, but, but, but the vision we have of tzaddikim that, that looks like that is that it's always a some about somebody else who's not me. Some seemingly unattainable goal. And, uh, and something that is outward directed. So if you go through these, climb this heavenly ladder spiritual development and I'm not saying that those aren't true but I think that within that the process of tzaddik coming into being is a, is, involves a process of, of rooting more and more deeply into the foundation of our of our, of our being of the self and that is something that, that every human being has access to by virtue of of just being alive. And we're all davening every week. This week. Every day this week. Help me fix this. Mida of, of Yisod. That's mine. It's not just somebody else. It's not just somebody else. And I'll give you one more pasuk from, from the Nevi'im and then we'll come into to, to Yishayahu Shem says, Yeshayahu, uh, chapter 60. The Olam says, Your people, your nation, Kulam Tzadikim. All of them are Tzadikim. The Olam Yershu Aretz. They will inherit the earth for all eternity. So, just before we even read on, does that mean everybody's these perfected human beings? Maybe. <laughs> it's a hard, it's a hard sell. <laughs> I'm not convinced so easily. Oh, they have a potential to be, which maybe there's another. If if and if tzaddik has to do with with justifying, you know, 
being able to be seen through this lens of, yeah, it's just the most simple way. This, this, this person, like, yeah, they got a place here in, in my world. It's good that they're here. It's, it's valuable. It's worth it. Le'olam yirshu aretz. They're inheriting the earth for eternity. Meaning they're, they're somebody who, who is embodying just a very simple sense of, of tzaddik, of, yeah, it's this, whole, this person is worth it. So then the earth gets its, is, is eternally a place for that person, right? The, the project is going to, is sustained by that. But look at the next words in the Pasuk. Netzer mata'ai ma'asei God says they are the netzer mata'ai, they're the creations, the, 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 the product of my planting. They're the ma'asei adai, the, the, my handiwork. To, to glorify. Meaning, this idea of the Al-Mech Kulam Tzadikim is based on God saying, I planted each and every single person in the earth to bring glory to me. They're my plants. That's what makes Al-Mech Kulam Tzadikim. What makes Al-Mech Kulam Tzadikim is that, is that God planted each one of us here dug a place in this earth, this creation, this world, for us to grow and flourish. And I think this is, this is my glory. Every single person I planted, they're my glory. Of course, of course they're worthwhile. I planted them. I planted them. Chazar reads this passage, as being, this is the Mishnah in Perek Chelek, yeah, that every person has a chelik a portion of, of of the world to come. Because it says, "Amech kulam tzadikim leolam yeshu aretz." They will inherit the the earth eternally. Chazari does a hint to olam haba. Not only does each person has a have a, a rightful place in this world, but by virtue of the fact that God has decided to put me here. I'm connected to some kind of eternal life. That's that's me. My particular plant. The particular plant that I am. This is God's eternal creation. The Zohar and other Sifri Kabbalah, each of the Midos, each of the Sfirot have kinuim. They each have nicknames. Other terms and qualities that are oftentimes associated with them. One of the terms associated with tzaddik is tov. Good. We see this is, again rooted in everything is rooted in Psukim and Tanakh. Uh, Navi says Imru uh, Tzadik Kitov. That we we refer to Tzadik as Kitov. And and and, and when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, what did his parents say? Do you remember? They saw Vatero to Kitovu. Moshe Rabbeinu was born and the parents saw Kitov in this baby. That's the Chazal says the house was, was filled with light. And the Chazal even says Moshe's name was Tov. They named him Tov. If you want to know his Hebrew name, it's Tov. Moshe is his Egyptian name. And what's Kitov? What is what's, what is Kitov, right? What is Kitov? Kitov is the way that God looks at, at God's own creation. Says, oh, this is this is wonderful. This is this is great. When God creates something and looks at it, Kitov. God sees, I made this, it's good. And and to to, to apply that same goodness to a tzaddik is 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 it's, it's the same thing. It's like, oh. 
God created this human being. Tov. They, they, they must, in their source, in their very root, in the ground of their being, there must be something tov. And, and, and so, it, in a sense, it frames the whole avoda of a tzaddik, all the striving and the accomplishing and the achieving and the struggling and the searching and the everything. It's, the effect of it is actually to return more and more, more deeply and, and deeply to the, the tov that's there at the base. Right, it's like the, like Rabbi Nachman's story of like the, the 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 journey all the way to the to the treasure under the bridge to, to to take you back to what's buried in your home. That that the real root of it is in the root of of our own being. It's not over there at the bridge. But okay, yeah, we have to go. We have to go across the bridge and, and seek it out to to get home. <coughs> but the ultimate destination. Is not at the bridge in Berlin. <laughs> so, with this in mind, um, I want to want to learn a bit from 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 Matthias Etzner. We may even learn a bit from his father's sefer if we have time to. And I, I just want to say, part of my kavan in bringing this source to you is that there's something slightly uncomfortable about about being told that that tzaddik is not something that exists outside of us and far away from us. Something, I think, a little uncomfortable to be told like tzaddik is something that's that's really close and accessible and inward, inwardly focused. Because all of a sudden it's like, well, it's a lot easier for other people to be tzaddikim than me, you know? <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Saba Zeru's is the Pizestna Rebbe's uh, spiritual journal. We've, we've only seen a couple pieces from this, but uh, he wrote a journal to to share his own inner life and learnings. And, and the Sefer on its own is it's it's an amazing book. And because the Rebbe is not teaching Torah, he's not just speaking from his own life. And obviously, it's within the framework of of Avodat Hashem and Torah. But it's it's he's not giving you drushes and. Uh, Pulling. So let's read um, paragraph Kafdala 24. Yeah. If you've already tried everything on, for, uh, you've already tried everything on. Veloho alta, and it hasn't been effective. You tried all the tricks. You, you tried everything you could, and, and it hasn't been working for you yet. You've already used all the, the ways of, of waking yourself up, of arousing yourself to, to um, filling in here, have a desire for God, to be holier, to be a better Jew, to, 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 to re- refine yourself, to, to fix your midot. But your soul is not waking up from all of it. You've done it all. You got to the mikvah, sit to Hillam, Daven, learned, gotten brachas and etzas and fasted and who knows what. It just didn't work. Okay, he's a little more, he gets more in detail. You, you, you tried, you're, you're very careful about everything that, that's worth, that you need to be careful about. Yeah, you didn't. Very, very careful not to not to do anything wrong, not to step out of line. Lehishto kek befol hatshukim bechisufin shetzrichim 
You've yearned for and desired all of the, the things that we're, we, we need to be desiring and yearning for. And it hasn't, hasn't worked. At the end of the day, you look in the mirror and it's like, I don't know. It's not going. Here I am still. Yeah? Can anyone relate? I think we, we can also be Mendaic in his words a little here. You've tried everything on yourself. Look at the word, those this plain word. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I'm going to do it anyway. You've put so many things on yourself. And it hasn't been mo'il. It hasn't been, which basically means effective. But, but do you hear this? I put something... I. It isn't layered more and more on myself, and, and it hasn't br- br- brought me above. I put it above myself, and I've not been brought above. <laughs> I've, I've basically been trying to force myself to, to improve, to, to, to grow. So maybe that is like, of course not. You put it on, you're just putting more things on yourself. You remember what we saw last week also, where we talked about we 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 our, our go-to method of being a being a holy person is to is to, to tell ourselves how bad we are. Remember? I'm 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 kind of worthless. Nothing. Can't, I'm never gonna make it. Can't really expect anything from someone like me. I'm just meh. Yeah. These are these are the the faulty spiritual methods that we we try. But even look, look a little more. I did all the things that I'm supposed to do. I hoped for everything that I need to be hoping for. What, what it speaks to me is uh, this, this mentality, of, this approach to spiritual life, to personal life, that, that's driven by, by trying to do what I think I should be doing. <laughs> like the, the strongest command is should, should, should. You should want God. Okay, I'll want God. You should be okay. I want to In a sense, it's all coming from this outside perspective of trying to force myself into something. And it's not working. Now, that's one level. The Rebbe maybe even seems to be going a little deeper, which is like, yeah, and maybe you mamish did it. You're mamish there, and it's still not working. You know, how many Rebbe's start off talking to Fazim being like, I know. You do all the things that it, and it's supposed to work and it doesn't work. How, how refreshing is it to hear that from from somebody? I know you can try for years and years and it's, and it's not working. Asay zot efom. Maybe he says, try this. Sayer ba'atzmecha she'atat tzaddik. Sayer be'atzmecha. Imagine in yourself that you're a tzaddik. Sayer even has a more literal meaning of, of, of drawing, drawing a picture. Mamash, envision, visualize. See yourself. See the image of yourself. That you are a tzaddik. Now, See in the next line already that that doesn't even necessarily mean what we think it means at this point. And envision. Again, the Rebbe is giving very practical 
instruction to you. See in your mind's eye. In, in, in your imagination, it's Godel Nishmatcha Beshorsha. The enormity of your soul in its root. And the beauty, that magnificence of your soul in the moment when God and all of the Kedoshim, which oftentimes means Malachim, but just, just God in the whole realm of holiness is coming, the Hishtasheya, to delight, Ulitayelima, and to, to, to take a walk with your soul, to accompany your soul, Begana Lehimba Eden. Imagine your soul in the majesty of its root and see in your mind's eye, envision. God and all that is holy coming to pay you a visit. Just wanna wanna point out when the Rebbe first says I might think he means imagine myself in a long black coat with a white beard pouring over books. Maisha, you know it's a joke. <laughs> what does that even mean? Imagine I'm a tzadi. So, you know, you have a lot of, um, take another route, you have a lot of the self-help gurus, like, envision yourself at the end of your goal, yeah? On the other side of what you want. Oh, those are, those are all, every, all that can be helpful. But the Rebbe, all of a sudden, he's not goal-oriented. Imagine you're outside. What does that mean? Get in touch with the root of where you come from. Go deepen your awareness into the root of yourself. Go back. Go in. Not go out, project forward. Go up. No. Go get in touch with your core and your root and and let that start to take some kind of form in your in your consciousness and your awareness. And in and, and, and that place, that, that experience where in your root God is delighting in your soul. The image here, Mamash, going for a stroll in Ganeden. Immerse yourself. Constantly. Practice it. Over and over, over and over. Return to it again and again. In this kind of awareness, in this kind of imagery. Before your very eyes. Then it will be impossible, the Rebbe says. For there to not be awakened in you, zihiruti a greater degree and attention to, to care. Remember, we saw before. I tried. I was careful about everything I need to be careful from because I know that I'm supposed to. But I'm saying, if you get in touch more and more deeply with this, with the root of your being, again, the ground of your existence, yefshar Of course, you're going to start to to become more attentive and and Take more care. Be more sensitive to, to how you're living. But it's not just because you know you're supposed to. It's because you're, if you're in tune with this quality of your being, you're, you're going to take the extra care to not sully, to not dirty 
Yekar Tifarta, that precious beauty of your own soul, when she is cradled in the arms of the King of the Heavens. And in addition, a kind of yearning and desire to the point of being ready to just give up your 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 very existence, this kotlazeh to merit this kind of closeness with God, that can be awakened. There's two kinds of zahirut the Rebbe's talking about in this piece. There's one zahirut which is like, don't, you know. <laughs> Don't touch this, don't eat this, don't say this word, don't think this thought, don't look at this thing. It's like an external, it's like a behavioral kind of caution. What he's saying here is, if if I the, be, get in touch with this, this very elemental and powerful and immense source of just beauty and closeness with God, that's it's the very roots and core of my, my being. So of course I'm going to take more care over it. I'm going to not want to litanef et yikartif arta. I'm going to not want to want to. I, I see how pure and, and and precious this is. I'm gonna I'm gonna take more care of it. Yeah, does that make sense? It says zehirut lo litanefota, not to ruin it, not to pervert it, not to cover it over. And and I think experientially it would it would. I imagine would come more from a from this just more of a sensitization than a knowing I'm supposed to, right? There's like I'm supposed to not do this, I'm supposed to not do this, I'm supposed to not do this. But there's another sense which is just like if if I really feel and know in my bones how how precious this life is, so I'm gonna I'm gonna naturally take take care, take better care of it, take better care of myself. It's not I'm supposed to be holy. It's I'm in touch with, with a, a, a real preciousness within myself that I'm, I'm, I'm by, by nature, by, by default, gonna gonna want to to preserve and, and care for. So I think just on a very simple level, let's start on a simple level. So Rabbi's giving a total uh, reframe here, which is. I don't know about you. I don't think it doesn't occur to most people that one way to to grow, to achieve closeness with God, etc., is to meditate on how good you are. Everything Mamish make this a constant practice. Just imagine Sayyabatsadi. And again, not about yourself, within yourself. Just bring that consciousness to yourself. I'm by my very nature good. God looks at me and says, Kito, I want you here. As I am, me, you. <laughs> it's, 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 again, it's it's simple and it's totally not simple because it's 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 powerfully challenging 
our ideas of where we need to look, where we where we we ought to be looking. Again, ought to. Once once it's about ought to, it's it's already turning us outward. Or just to delight with you. Imagine that. Imagine God wants me here to go for a walk together and to play with you. Mamish. Mamish. That was the last in the Chukotai, right? I just want to go for a stroll together. I want us to walk together. I want us to walk together. It, it's difficult for me to understand I'm Mater Matarai. Yeah. Yeah. But it, that's what it is. And, and this is, and because it's difficult to understand, I think that's why the Rebbe is saying, don't, don't try to understand it. Don't make it another thing you have to convince yourself about. <laughs> Just take the time to open your imagination. Take the time to just shift your perspective and let it just begin to wake up inside of you. My soul comes from somewhere. Where do I come from? That's where I come from. Oh, and, and God wants, wants me, not only wants me, but it's, it's as, as close as close as can be. Just practice it over and over again. Let it begin to just, let that image begin to play inside of you. Feel what it's like in your body when you don't have to justify yourself. When you are by nature, you are inherently justified. You are inherently valuable. Soak And then do it again. And then and then again. And just let it let it start to do its thing. Yeah? I'm not here to convince you and tell you, oh you're so good, how could you do things so bad? <laughs> Rebbe says, I, I know you've tried to punish yourself so much and, and I know it doesn't work. Because we're focused in the wrong direction. We're looking outside. Rebbe says, look, look, look inside and then more deeply inside, then more deeply inside. Keep looking back towards the root. And grow from the root. Be the plant. Be, be the plant. Yeah? Mm-hmm. There's, there's deep conditioning, deep, deep conditioning we all, we all go through in living in this world and that we need to encounter and confront and, and, and re, recondition ourselves if we want a, a shift in, in the way that we, we live or really a shift in the way that we experience things live. There's a lot of unconditioning and reconditioning. This is, this is a, a practice in reconditioning. So, just to come back to where we are, right? That's Omer, Matan Torah. Is the Torah I'm going to receive something that's only outside of me, something up the mountain, something that other people, the Zochetu, 
For me, okay, I, I, I try to know a little Torah, but I know that I don't. What would it be like if the whole thing was, if, if the message was different? If it wasn't come up the mountain to, to hear what God has to say, but, oh, you know, there's, there's, there's a jewel inside of you. There's sapphire. There's sapphire there that, that is ready to receive Yivelim Chaim. What would it be like to, to contact more of the sacred, the sapphire? The guy's like, I just need, I need, just need somewhere, someone to, to write on. I need somewhere to, to imprint myself. I need somewhere to, someone to speak through. So we'll just have to try it out. Report back. Or not. Don't report back. Report back to yourself. Um, when it says Ushmartem Lachem, mm. does it mean one has to transform oneself? Or, mm -hmm. like in Luda Vanessa, mm. can it mean ownership? You, mm -hmm. you have to own it. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I, you could touch it either way. I think the Lachem, as things, it has to be yours. Has to be you, you. have to own it. I think is. Uh, so the Torah has to be yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sad. have to. We have to own the, own the sphere, own the sapphire. We have to identify with it. Again, I, I already don't like using the word "have to." I want us to find a new language. But usvartem lachem is a call to. Being the sapphire, it's an invitation. So come, a, come, bring you to me, so we can come together in the way that only we can, you and me. Is that a shame? <laughs>